This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Well, as we mentioned last week here at the Wharton School, a conference was held to look at the state of data analytics. One of the people involved in the conference, in fact, he was the keynote speaker, LinkedIn co-founder Alan Blue, who joins us here in the studio right now. His company is using analytics to make job search better, but also areas of learning that they are adding to their operation as well. Nice to meet you. Thanks for Great coming to in. Meet you. Thank you for having me. When you think of data analytics and, and, and this skills gap, which is mm. really one of the core themes of, of the conference, uh, what is it that, that you really see as the, the necessary areas that need to be focused on? It's a complex question because there's a lot that needs to be done. Data science as a sort of area of focus in business is probably only 15 years old. And during that time, it has been largely run by people who come from different places. They come from the physical sciences. They come from business analytics. They come from computer science. Sort of all coming around to colonize a new opportunity for businesses of all kinds, of course, starting in the internet industry and then moving out to to the rest of the world. So there are tremendous opportunities that exist right now. And there are huge skill gaps, places where uh, people are trying to hire and people are simply not able to find the talent that they need. Uh, It's actually led to a lot of interesting ways to find that talent and to train that talent, uh, which I think is good innovation. How has that then impacted LinkedIn specifically in terms of, of your hiring practices and, and what you're looking for, but also somewhat of the matrix of, of what LinkedIn has been become very famous for is the connection between worker and worker. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn is in a bit of a, of a powerful position here because we've been part of the development of data science pretty much since its infancy. So back in 2000, before, just before we started the company, uh, we learned – uh, there were a lot of people doing interesting stuff in the world of the Internet yeah. on the things which would become data science. So optimizing uh, user experiences, multivariate testing, basically the ability for me to try many, many different ways of doing something and pick the one which works best and then be able to optimize against that and do the cycle over and over. So we picked those things up at the beginning of LinkedIn. And we hired people who were able to do that from the very first day. But it wasn't until we got to 2005 that we got to what people really think about as data science today, which is the combination of that kind of analytic approach to building products plus the kind of machine learning and algorithm development to be able to take best advantage of that data. We started doing that in 2005 with a product aimed exactly at connecting people to each other called People You May Know. Being at a conference like this, what does that mean, do you think, for the future of of analytics, data analytics, in moving forward with uh, the skills that that most people really need to have? So – It is vital, and this is something that Working Nation has uh, spent a lot of time doing. It is vital that we go out and talk about this so that people are aware uh, of what the gaps actually are and what the the opportunity really looks like here. As I said, people come into the world of data science from all over the place. Here, there's a program to train it. But getting the word out there to the people who come from, uh, as I said, the natural sciences, people who come from – from computer science, uh, people come from mathematics and from physics, 
those are all great entry points for taking roles in the world of data science. And that has allowed LinkedIn to grow as much as it has over the last few years, but still with probably still a good bit of room to grow as it moves forward. Yes, indeed. And, and we uh, were part of a small group of companies back in Silicon Valley. Mm, this is 2004 to 2008, uh, where we took people from those disciplines, from those hard science disciplines, and gave them a boot camp. Yeah. training them on all the new capabilities around data. It was primarily learning the tools because once you've learned uh, biology, a lot of the thought processes and the things you've studied apply directly to the work you do on a daily basis. Yeah. So all you need to do is learn the tools and you're ready to go. So the fact that we can get it out in front of a bunch of people when we go out and speak about these things uh, gives us an opportunity to make people aware of the opportunity and the variety of different paths which yeah. lead into this field. And, and then the other part to it is just from the business perspective of how a company like LinkedIn may cross over with a company that may be in healthcare in terms of the understanding of the data and the process of trying to understand it better. And you get that that partnership mm-hmm. maybe with a company that, that – you may not have ever worked with before, but it provides benefit for both sides. It does. And the last three years particularly have been huge growth outside of the world of the internet and technology in the world of data science and machine learning. So even if you go through back three, four years back, you're going to find that manufacturing had almost nobody who had these skills right. and entertainment had almost nobody who had these skills. But now you look there, those have grown 12, 15, 20x just in the last couple of years. Um, Any industry which has large amounts of data that can uh, be analyzed and uh, leveraged for the success of the business is one where data science and machine learning can take root. So then in comparison to what you just said with, say, like the entertainment field, what's been the the growth rate you think of companies within the tech sector? Are they growing at a similar rate, 10, 15 fold, or is it slightly at a, at a lower rate because of the fact that many of those companies were already in this space? Um, so certainly in the world of data science, the rate of growth has slowed because the number of data scientists working in that space is already really large. Right. Um, if you look right now, for instance, at the, uh, the number of data science positions in uh, Silicon Valley, so in the San Francisco Bay Area, that are open and ready to go, there are like 38,000 positions, more than there are people who have the skills. But that's only because there are already hundreds of thousands of people doing that work, and there's such a concentration of talent in that place. But now we're seeing that same growth in uh, uh, New York and in cities all across the United States and around the world. Um, Even here in Philadelphia, there are 2,500 positions open, which require data science skills, more than there are people who have those skills right here in the city. And so then that uh, leads me to the understanding that it falls on education to be able to provide a lot of those opportunities as either kids are going through pre-K through 12, and they're also going through the college, uh, the college structure as well. It falls on education for sure. And you know, one of the great things about the work that's happening here is that there's direct training in this area. It also falls on the, the shoulders of companies. 
companies are the people who need these people. Right. And companies can step in to make it happen. The same way we did at LinkedIn when we went out and found those uh, people who are working in biology and trained them to be data scientists. Right. Every company in America of any size, small companies can't really do it, but any company of any size can go out and do that. If there's anything we've discovered over the years, when an employer has a big need to fill, they can get really innovative about the way they fill it. They should feel they have permission to go out there and do that. Don't don't wait for education to catch up. Right. Go ahead and lead education. Yeah, because if you wait, you're going to be five steps behind before you know it. That's right. And a lot of your competitors, <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's right. they're building those tools right now. They're yeah. building those approaches right now. Alan Blue joining us, uh, co-founder of LinkedIn. You're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. So then I would imagine that even though you have a lot of these opportunities that are out there, whether, as you said, here in Philadelphia, Silicon Valley, wherever, do you feel very confident that we are headed in the right path in terms of uh, of better preparing our students for these types of roles as we get into the next decade or two? Obviously, we want it to be even sooner, but mm-hmm. over the next decade or two, it becomes a crucial area. Well, this is one of those places where the work that uh, Working Nation who put on the event uh, comes into play and is so important because – there is actually a lot less just general knowledge out there about what those opportunities for these brand new types of roles. Yeah. There's, a lot of not, not, there's a, not very much knowledge about, how, about what those roles actually are. So uh, to have somebody who's willing to go out and, and popularize it, to talk about it, to get it out there so that people are actually having the conversation is completely essential. We're going to be missing the number of data scientists to take full advantage of all the opportunity that's out there right. for the foreseeable future. But with enough visibility into it, I think enough people can get creative to attack the problem. How do you think then your company kind of fits into that process of trying to be able to develop that next that next group? Yeah. So the main thing for us is sharing information. So we have a uh, project we internally call the economic graph. Um, and this project is take, basically taking a look at the entire LinkedIn network and deriving insights from it. So the very first time we did this was back in 2009 when we looked at what happened to people who had worked at Lehman Brothers. Like where did they go to? Did they stay in the same industry? Yeah. What were the other firms they went to and so forth? It was a fascinating way because we were able to see it. We had all those people. They were all members of LinkedIn. They updated their profiles, told us where they were going. We could say interesting stuff about where they were actually going. But now that we have the jobs, we have the people, we have the skills, <clears throat> um, we have the schools, we are able to say – hey, you know, actually, we can tell you where the gaps are, how many jobs are actually open, what the best opportunities are for uh, educators Mm -hmm. to train people, Um, which companies should you be looking for for innovation in this space. We should basically be able to say, if you are a person who works in government or you're a person who works at a school or you're a person who works at the company, we can provide you some information which will help you bridge this gap for yourself. If we get enough people actually involved, we think we can bridge it nationally. And I would think part of that, being able to do that, just that, is the trust that you've built up with the people that have come to LinkedIn, the companies that you work with, the Mm -hmm. other entities, and and obviously having a company like LinkedIn be able to provide something if it's for a school district or some other entity, that trust becomes an incredibly important component. Yeah, trust is one of the things – we think about it a lot at LinkedIn. It's one of the things which which really enable us to do all the things we are able to do to build a strong business. Yeah. Um, but also to, uh, to to be able 
to, to really think about the impact we're going to have in the world and, and the way we can share what we know to make economic opportunity more available to everybody. How do you think then, then LinkedIn, if you can break out the crystal ball for a second, mm. how do you think then LinkedIn will continue to develop and maybe even evolve in the next few years as this obviously is an important component to it? So I can give you a couple of examples of things that we're doing now. So probably the best one is uh, something called LinkedIn Learning. So LinkedIn Learning uh, is a company which joined the LinkedIn family several years ago. It was originally called lynda.com. And it is a skills-focused, long-form video training program. So if you have to learn in a deep way a set of skills around a particular tool or a particular method, a particular management skill, you can turn to LinkedIn Learning to do that. Right. We're able to tie the skills which sit at the center of our economic graph, not only to the jobs that are open, but also to the skills which are necessary. Right. And we're able to say, hey, you know, actually, if you're interested in exploring a role in data science, yeah. here's where you can go from LinkedIn Learning to learn about it. Find out first, is it for you? And then second... Learn one of those tools. Pick it up and try it yourself. Uh, so this is an example where we can take the data and turn it into action. So there's an element of, of what you're seeing right now when you're doing with LinkedIn Learning and, and obviously the core business that mm-hmm. you are providing for the consumer, in this case the LinkedIn user, mm-hmm. as much opportunity as they can possibly think of by coming to the website and giving them options and then being able for them to take that back out into the into society. Yep. We, you know, when you come to LinkedIn Learning and learn a skill, it isn't everything you need to do in order to get a job. There's a sure. lot more pieces which have to do with do you have all the skills that are necessary? Do you have the right fit with the company? And all the other things which go into a company and, 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 a, and a potential employee finding that fit together. Um, however, if you are looking for a place where you can stay ahead of new skills as they come on uh, onto the market, which is something that we can see when we people fill out their profiles. They provide new skills, new tools that we'd never heard of, yeah. and they're automatically extracted into our to the, into our skill database, so we can see them right away. Yeah. Then we can think about, hey, you know, are there ones here where developing curriculum for training that particular thing would be of value to both individuals and to our business customers because they're going to need to train their own employees on that new skill. Alan Blue, uh, LinkedIn co-founder, joining us here on Knowledge at Wharton on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. How do you tackle the issue of data privacy? Because this is one of the, it's the proverbial gorilla in the room right now amongst a lot of companies, not just the tech industry, but so many companies around this country right now of making sure that the people that are coming to a particular site, that the information that they are bringing is safe, secure, and it will benefit them, but not benefit somebody else. Right. So LinkedIn, uh, so as we were talking earlier, we are talking about trust. And trust is, uh, as I said, it's fundamental to our business. And the way we handle data and the way we handle data privacy is also fundamental to the user's trust. So when we think about it, uh, we have, I'll say two things about this. Uh, the first is we have not only... Uh, industry standard and beyond uh, ways to manage the data that users actually provide us. Uh, and But we also have trust built into, trust and data privacy built into the way we build our products yeah. um, and the tools we provide to our users. So we've always focused on three things, which are consistency, 
of the way we use the data, clarity about how we're going to use it, and control, which allows users to do what they want to do with the data. So we have to do all those things. But one of the things which makes LinkedIn unique in this space is that when an individual comes to LinkedIn, it is in order to present information about themselves publicly to other people. So there's a much clearer understanding on LinkedIn to an individual using it Mm -hmm. that the information that they are providing, the information which becomes part of their profile or what they share via the feed, those – uh, that that information is going to be public and going to be part of their professional profile, right. the, the professional profile that everyone turns to. That clarity about how the product is used and what it's used for puts us in a different position because LinkedIn really is about making that information public yeah. for your own benefit. So then do you think that that clarity that you're able to bring mm-hmm. with user data for LinkedIn – is that part of the issue with other companies as to why we still see some of the problems around data, data privacy these days? I think the uh, you know the, the LinkedIn perspective here, as as I said, is uh, the trust of the user is paramount, yeah. and we're going to be continue to focus on making sure that we are delivering the control and the clarity and the consistency about how we use the data, um, and that will continue for us. Uh, even as we take on new capabilities, we take on uh, new value propositions that we're providing to people. Uh, we think that the uh, that the work that we do as a company, uh, and this is very much about the way the way we think about the role we have in the world, the work we do as a company is focused on a. I certainly wouldn't call it a collective action, but what I would call it is a network with a purpose. And that purpose is to create economic opportunity for everyone. We want everyone to participate. We want to be not only a service provider but a partner with employers, with educators, with governments as we collectively, as a group through this LinkedIn ecosystem, contribute to the overall uh, economic well-being of everyone in the world. The, the interesting thing when you're when you, playing off of that is the fact that because of the fact that data and analytics has become such an important component to so many pieces around business these days is that there is that commonality of understanding of if we can tackle some of the issues X, Y, and Z surrounding data, data analytics – that not only will that benefit us, but it will benefit potentially other businesses down the road as well. It'll definitely benefit. And this, again, is in a place, we hope, where, and this is certainly what we aim for, in a place where employees understand what, why they are providing information publicly about themselves. Yeah. Companies understand why they are providing public information publicly about themselves, the same with educational institutions. <clears throat> Those are... That, that clarity and understanding of how the system is actually used is, uh, is fundamental for everybody who's participating in the ecosystem, not just for one, uh, one participant. Do you see the, the learning aspect of what you're doing as one of the, the – I think it's one of the more attractive things about the company right now when you're talking about you're not only providing a platform for one person to talk to another, but that education piece – it's it, it's a mighty tool to be able to use in society right now. 
We think so. And uh, we also think that there is a, uh, that there's a, a, if you will, kind of a daily education value, which comes simply by being part of the professional conversation right. within your industry. So yes, sometimes you can do deep learning. Where, I shouldn't say deep learning because it has a specific meaning in the context of data yeah, science and yeah. machine learning. So apologies. We, we do specific focused learning on particular professional topics, many thousands of them. Yeah. But also every day on LinkedIn, there are millions of conversations occurring about the things which matter within people's professional lives. It could be sharing information about something new that's happening in the industry or talking about some new merger or some new acquisition or some new company which went public. Um, It could be talking about best practices, sharing that information with each other. It's in the daily ebb and flow of information being passed between professionals that people can stay not only up to date on what's happening, but they can stay excellent at what they do. And then when they need to dive in on something specific to learn a brand new skill, we've also got their back there. Then do you, do you think then being able to see all of the people providing that information that it will continue to help evolve LinkedIn into a, a stronger business entity because of the fact that it isn't just, hi, I'd like to have a job with your company. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. It's it's more. It's providing information to a degree. It's it, it is like many social media sites, but it, it's different because of the aspect that, that it's looking at business so much. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it it is interestingly different. In the end, the way we value uh, the way we 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 put a put a number put a uh, a measurement on whether we're being successful or not is yeah. by measuring the specific successes of not only our individual members, but also our corporate members and our educational members. So this, these are educators. So basically, uh, let me give you an example. We have a, a metric that we use internally when we talk about confirmed hires. Yeah. So confirmed hires is actually our true north for thinking about our jobs business. Yeah. So we're not just talking about the success of the job seeker, and we're not just talking about the success of the the, the recruiter. We're talking about the fact that they're able to meet each other on LinkedIn and they're able to uh, find the right person. They're able to make a job offer and they're able to close that deal. That's the piece that matters to us most. We're equal. We are interested in both the success and the productivity of everybody who works. Yeah. Great meeting you. Thank you for coming in, Alan. Thank you. My pleasure. Alan Blue, co-founder of LinkedIn, joining us here on Knowledge Award. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.